This episode is brought to you by Duncan and Stone Paper Co., a stationery company that combines timeless design with effortless journaling. Duncan and Stone Paper Co. have created a special grief journal, which is a combination of grief processing and memory keeping. Each section is designed to help you walk through your loss while also allowing you to commemorate and honour your loved one, which we absolutely love. To find out more, visit duncanandstone.com. listening to Good Morning, the podcast talking all things grief with honesty and humour. Welcome back to the Good Morning podcast. We are your hosts, Sal and Im, and we are coming in hot today with another episode of our Community Driven Grief Tip Tuesday segment, which if you are new here, it is a bite-sized episode where we share our griefy tips and advice by you all for you all. Sal, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about a highly requested topic, actually, that we've heard from a lot of you that you want us to cover. So we're talking about your experiences and tips on talking to kids about grief and parenting after loss. It's a big one and it's not bloody easy, is it? It's really hard. And I think as parents, you know, we often want to shelter our children from the pains of life for as long as we can. And when someone dies, I can feel impossible, really. (laughs) Like there's no better way to explain it. Like when you're in deep pain yourself and you're trying to hide it, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So my daughter was nine months old when my mom died suddenly and she is three now and she's not at the age where she's asking questions yet, but I know that is a really common thing for people, especially if you have young kids, like asking loads and loads of questions. And there's been moments, like there's been moments where she's been doing like play with, with toys and it'd be like, I'm your mama. Where's your mama? Like triggering things where Mm. it's, it's painful, you know? Mm. And um, also I, I feel like dealing with my own emotions in the early days was really hard, like trying to navigate all of my grief bombs and also protect her from it but there's a really beautiful quote that I uh, came across by Dr Shafali and she says don't shield your children from pain shield them from the belief that it will crumble them and Mm -hmm. I held on to that and I thought you know what it's it's normal and healthy for her to see emotions as long as I explain to her what's happening and you know it's okay to feel sad and all of those things Um, but yeah there's so much to get to get into with this episode, but that's just a little bit of my experience, but Mm. it can be really difficult to know what to say, how to say it when talking to kids about death. Kids ask a lot of questions at the best of times, but when someone's died and you're trying to navigate, you know, how to have those tough conversations with your kids without traumatizing them, it can be really challenging. So we hope that this episode is helpful for you. Definitely. Let's jump in. So period archive has a few tips here. She says, don't be afraid. And also don't complicate things when talking about death and grief with your kids. Make your conversation responsive to them. I find what really helps me is having an outlet to talk about it. For example, saying they're in the stars, the sky, heaven or or the sunset. Yeah, when you see a beautiful sunset, like it's your grandpa or your grandma or butterflies, like those ways to kind of, yeah, keep that connection with them. But I do also think it is really important to kind of keep 
the language that you use around the death, like really concrete. So rather than saying they've died and, and gone to heaven, mm. um, they can get quite confused by that, especially if they're young. So depending on their age, the developmental stage, um, those sorts of things like, yeah, watching the language that you use around explaining how, like how they've died and, and what death is, it's important to use sort of, yeah, concrete language like they've died or they're dead um not that they've gone to sleep or to heaven in that context but i definitely think for continuing the bond it's a beautiful beautiful way to kind of keep that connection and talk about the stars and and the rainbows and all those sorts of things definitely and to your point i think Julia Samuel, the psychotherapist, says in her book, Grief Works, that to very young children, death is an abstract concept. They don't understand Mm. it to be permanent. And so, well, primary school children, she says, do grasp the irreversibility of it. And teenagers often find it complicates the struggles of adolescence and things they're already grappling with. So I think there's lots of different, uh, it's good to be mindful of the different stages. that you know kids kind of are at because I think that also can impact how they understand and cope with the concept of grief and death yes definitely and life with a sprinkle of autism here says be 100% honest tell them the person isn't coming back and they won't see them again it's a hard conversation to have but it is needed and I think that just yeah that's just what we talked about like it's important to be literal with with kids when talking about these things Priyanka has a suggestion here. She says, encourage questions from them about death and grief. For example, if they ask about it, say that's a great question, but also stop explaining when they change the topic. Yes, so pick up the cues. So basically they'll tell you what they're ready to hear and what they're not ready to hear and what they can handle and what they can't. I think, um, yeah. So letting them like ask questions is a great thing. And depending on their age, you know, you can answer it as honest as, as you like, like kids are pretty amazing with Mm. picking up things and understanding things. And, um, we don't give them enough credit, I think as well. Definitely. And Ekeliz says there are so many great children's books out there that can really help start the conversation. Yes, there are a few that we know of. So there's the magical wood by Mark Lemon, happy hearts by Javita Nelson. Where are you by where Are You, Lydia? by Emma Poor, The Goodbye Book by Todd Parr, Wherever You Go, My Love Will Find You by Nancy Tillman. And this one's a firm favourite. I know I've heard this one a lot of times, but The Invisible String by Patrice Cast. So all of those books are, are great if you are coping with grief in kids. And on the topic of having the conversation, we did a shout out a while ago asking for advice for Pip Lincoln, who is an author. And she was asking for advice because the father of her teenage sons is dying and she wanted to know how to best support them and be there uh, for them. So there was some great advice that I think relates to this conversation about talking to kids and about grief and death that came through. Um, So Steph Mark says, remind them that they are loved and supported and that any feelings they have are valid. Chesses said, get them someone impartial to talk to, even if they don't think they need it. Krista Wright said, talk about the dying process and what happened. And Ellie says, be honest with your child at the right level. It's okay to let them cry. Yes. And I think that last one reminds me actually of a piece of advice that we um, got from one of our listeners, Iana, who's a um, psychologist, 
we were talking about how to show grief around your kids and her advice to parents is don't be afraid to show your own grief and express it. Tell them like if it felt really good to talk to a friend about your feelings and let them it, let them know that it's okay to show the emotion and to express themselves. And I think that was, um, yeah, it's really important to let them know it's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. Um, and we've also got a really great perspective here from David about showing emotion around kids and also about solo parenting after a spouse dies. He says, I'd say that one of the most important things for me was to model a good way of dealing with grief for my son. I wanted him not to bottle up his grief and emotions. I wanted him to see from his dad that it was okay to talk about and express his grief, tears and all. And for me, that wasn't a problem as I was comfortable being emotionally expressive. I wanted to ensure that my son didn't grow up in the toxic masculinity behavior of suppressing and not displaying emotions and feeling like it was wrong to cry. He goes on to say, I think as widowed parents, we need to accept that as much as we want to try and be the perfect parent, given the traumatic impact of our kids losing a parent in childhood, we cannot be that. And being a normal human being, you know, we will get things wrong. So rather than aiming to be perfect and beating ourselves up when we do get it wrong or show emotions, we have to be compassionate to ourselves and manage our expectations better and accept being the good enough parent. And Im, I know that's something that you have has really helped you the good enough philosophy hasn't it yeah I heard that early on and it was like the best kind of parent is the good enough parent and that helps so much with a lot of the guilt that parents can experience I know I've been there and I still grapple with it sometimes but you know especially if you are in David's situation where you're now the sole parent taking care of a kid like in a situation that you never bloody asked for like you need to show yourself so much self-compassion because it's a really, really hard thing to deal with. So I love that. I love that he brought that up. Definitely. And he says, you know, the parent who tries as best as possible under the more challenging circumstances, you know, will get it wrong sometimes. But in the grand scheme of things, doing things, you know, to be good enough is okay. And then he goes on to say like about discipline, like when you're a sole parent or, you know, when you're grieving and um, going through a really difficult time, like discipline can be hard, um, especially when things kick off with your kids. And, you know, he says that you might feel differently in parenting a grieving child because, you know, you want to cut some slack because they've lost a parent. What he says he would say and his advice is that try and ask yourself, is this bad behavior that my child is exhibiting the type of bad behavior I would typically typically expect of an X year old child? Or do I feel like it's a grief induced behavior? And in that way, it might help you inform whether you should be compassionate and empathetic in disciplining your child or disciplining them as you would under normal circumstances. That's such a tricky, tricky thing to kind of understand. Um, it's hard to read kids and especially when they can't communicate to you what's going on for them. Um, we have heard that grief is displayed as behavioral issues when they're, you know, of a certain age. So it can come out as like acting up a little bit more or, you know, tantrums or not listening and projecting and all of those things, which you can think, oh, my child is just really badly behaved, but it can also be grief. Mm. So really trying to learn your child and see, you know, what those reactions are and where they're stemming from can be really helpful. And I think David's advice is so great, like seeing whether you should come at it from a compassionate 
uh, level or disciplinary because I know, you know, just with Layla sometimes when she's had a bad day or something's gone on, you know, at daycare, she can't really communicate to me that, but I, I'm now really good at reading her and knowing when she's not herself Mm. and, um, she'll be tantruming or screaming for something in the car the whole way home. And like any parent will know that's just so it's torture and all you want to do is scream. But, you know, now I've got, I've got better at kind of communicating with her and being like, what do you need? What's going on for you? Like, where is this coming from? Rather than just being like, if you don't stop screaming, you're going to get no, you know, no TV or whatever, trying to discipline them and take things away from them, which makes it harder for them. They're already hurting. They're already going through something. So I think Mm -hmm. coming at it from that compassionate um, and empathetic level is, is a really good idea. And it's not easy. It's not fucking easy. Like I'm telling you trying to pull compassion out of your like exhausted, griefy body is really hard some days, but, and if you don't get it right all the time, that's absolutely fine too. You know, you're grieving Mm -hmm. as well. Grief is hard. Um, Good enough. Good, good enough. enough. Just be good enough. <laughs> beans on toast. If you're fucking tired, beans on toast, fine. You know, Slime of cheese. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've packet done it. Ham. Honestly, packet of popcorn, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but whatever makes your life easier as well, please mm. do and do not feel guilty for it. Let's pause for a moment to talk about today's podcast sponsor, Duncan and Stone Paper Co. and their amazing grief journal. What we love about this journal is that it was created after one of Duncan and Stone's founders, Sarah, watched many of her friends experience the loss of a parent or a spouse, and she kept hearing how lonely they all felt on their journey. And that is a feeling that Sal, you and I can relate to, and I know many of our listeners can as well. Oh, absolutely right. And you know, the loneliness and grief is so real. And what Sarah wanted to do so desperately was to be able to help her friends, but she just didn't know what to do or say. So she did what good friends do and she asked them what would be helpful, which I absolutely love. I love that. And what a lot of her friends who were grieving, what they shared is they wish that they had something in the wake of their loss to be able to like open up about their journey and and they kind of really express their needs to her and they found that once they they spoke to Sarah about what was going on for them that the loneliness started to fade so out of those conversations Duncan and Stone's grief journal was born which I think is just so special so it was her observing you know that kind of talking and and kind of getting it out really really helped her friends sort of having those conversations that nobody wants to have exactly so the grief journal is a combination of grief processing and memory keeping and each section is designed to help you walk through your loss while also allowing you to commemorate and honor your loved one so a really perfect mix it is full of helpful and supportive prompts and even better you can take it at your own pace And guys, this journal is so beautiful as well. It's the perfect gift for yourself or for a friend who is coping with loss. And I really love the sentiment behind the journal as well. Duncan and Stone's dream is that this journal not only helps you to process and heal, but also gives you the words so that you can let others know what's going on for you in your grief journey and I just think that is just so important and so beautiful and also the lovely team at Duncan and Stone are giving good morning listeners 15% off their grief journal or any other product on their site with the code good morning and they ship to the US, Canada, Europe and Australia. 
Go check them out, guys. To find out more, visit duncanandstone.com. Now back to the show. Um, Vela has a similar approach to David. She says, I will openly express my grief in front of my kids. I think it's important for them to see me handle my grief in a healthy way instead of bottling it up and only letting it out behind closed doors because it's inevitable that they will also one day lose someone important and close to them and they need to have an example on how to deal with and manage a great loss. This is making me think about how just as a society, we don't deal with death and grief well at all. And I think a lot of these things start from childhood. You know what I mean? Like we try and pretend like the world's this perfect place to protect our kids. And I think in some ways that's good and important, but also we don't educate them. And yeah. so we all grow up and we're uneducated adults because we never learn any of this shit when we were kids. Totally. And I think about like, you know, my dad lost his mum when he was 33. So I would have been like two. So I was too young. And then his dad died when I was like five. Mm. And then my granddad, my mum's dad died when I was 19. My mum's mum died when I was 27. But I don't remember really seeing them grieve or express their grief. Wow. And I know, like, obviously I would have been quite young with my dad. So maybe I didn't notice it then because I was too young. But yeah, it's interesting when you think about, I wonder if they were like shielding it in a way. You know, I just, yeah. And I know it's you've had really a similar thing with your mum, haven't you? When her mum died, it's almost yeah, like. Yeah, I think I was nine when my grandma died, when my mum's mum died. And yeah, I, I my mum was always very emotionally expressive, mm. probably why I am. Um, she, yeah, she always talked about her feelings and emotions. And I, I remember there'd be a sea eagle that would circle the house where we were living at the time. And she'd always say, it's Nanan, you know, Nanan was short for Norma, my grandma. Um, so I always had that spiritual connection to death as well. Like, you know, mm. like when we talked earlier about seeing them in the stars or in the rainbows, like, you know, for my mum, it was a bird, a seagull bird that used to circle the house. So that was always a lovely thing for us. We're like, there's mm. Nanan and it kept her alive. Yeah. You know, it's a seagull in the sky, but it's our grandma. She's here. And I, I, I try to really implement that with Layla as well. The flashing and light in her room at the moment is yeah, <laughs> so in the roof. <laughs> talking of like continuing the bond, um, like tell tell us about the the rituals that you have with Layla, like what you do to kind of continue that bond with your mum and make sure that Layla sort of, you know, has her a part of her life. Yeah, I go in and out of being strong enough to do that. Like sometimes mm. it's too hard and I still, this is something that I've actually been wanting to talk about with you, but like sometimes I still can't handle looking at my mum's a picture of my mom, you know, this is years later. Um, I've got a photo, like a photo frame of her up in Layla's room. And um, every night I turn the fairy lights on, which are right near it. And sometimes I can't look at it. And I intentionally like turn my head because I cannot look at a picture of her because it just, it's overwhelming still. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Layla, I do try when I'm feeling emotionally strong enough, I'm saying, we say goodnight to grandma, you know, love you, grandma. Like, um, and then the, the flashing light in her room, which is, is great because I find it quite humorous as well. And that helps me with the sadness. Um, she talks to the roof and she's like, sometimes <laughs> trying to feed her in the roof. Like, what do you, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, doing grandma her dinner. I'm like, is she hungry? She's like, yes. <laughs> and my mom was about? always scavenging for food. So I feel like it's so her. I don't know. There's a light that flashes in her room above her bed. Yeah. And I think maybe one day I might've said, you know, the flashing lights, it's grandma, but she's really held onto that. 
And now every time the light's flashing, it's grandma in the roof looking for food, um, which I love. Yeah, I love, I love that. And there's some great advice. I can't remember who shared it with us. One of our brilliant guests. Claire, Claire Bidwell-Smith about... Claire Bidwell-Smith. Yeah, about talking yes. not in the past tense about them. Not in the past tense, but also talking to them and saying your grandma or your grandpa, not my mum. Because sometimes yes, I would be like, it. my mummy did this rather than saying that saying your grandma and and talking to them that way and sharing experiences and and memories that way yes and that keeps them sort of yeah it helps keep them alive in their memory that was great advice wasn't it yeah um but yeah I love that video you put a a video up on your personal Instagram a while ago of like Layla with like a was it like a bowl of food and she was like a little wooden bowl of food she's holding up to the to the roof I'm like what are you doing she's like grandma's hungry oh Oh, that's legit though she would have been scavenging that would have been her yeah she used to sneak into the fridge in the middle of the night like picking at things and she was a picker (laughs) <laughs> Layla's on Twitch like I've got you sussed <laughs> and um Sarah says here my brother died three and a half months ago and I don't feel like I'm coping very well we're so sorry Sarah she says I'm either robotic or in my emotions or I feel it all like a tsunami of grief both my boys they're 10 and 2 and they're very emotionally intelligent so if I'm having an emotional day I just let them know and I explain I'm okay, but I'm just sad because I miss my baby brother and that's okay. As a family, we talk about him a lot and we always will. And I really hope that my kids are appreciating the open and honest way. I'm not trying to hide anything from them. My brother is and always will be my oldest and closest relationship. And I want them to know it's healthy for me to miss that and mourn that loss. And they both seem to be coping fairly well so far. So hopefully we're doing all the right things. But as with all this grief stuff, we're making it up as we go. I love that, Sarah. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job under very difficult circumstances because that's what this is. You know, it's it's really tough. And I love your approach. And I think, you know, as we kind of touched on earlier, like maybe we do just need to be more real with the kids and just hopefully yeah. the next generation are going to be more, well, less grief phobic than, you know. Definitely. Than ours. And if you are needing a few more resources, we'll link some of our previous um, podcast interview episodes with Julia Samuel. We touched on talking about um, death and grief with kids there, and that was really helpful. She's one of the UK's top psychotherapists and also Claire Bidwell-Smith, who is a therapist and grief expert. She talks about it with us there. And Im, you mentioned Dr. Shafali earlier. That's She's really helped you with your perspective about sort of shielding not shielding pain from kids is there anything you recommend she she educates you around like um she's I think she's a child psychologist so I don't know how much she's done in the grief space um but I just remember that quote really stuck with me when I was in the thick of the grief bombs and like crying all the time I'm like what's this doing to my child is she going to be okay seeing is this traumatizing her at such an early developmental time in her life Mm. and you know I think it's it's healthy emotions are healthy let's normalize um grief and feeling grief and it's okay to be feeling sad so I think yeah I love that quote so Mm. if anyone's trying to hide in a cupboard so their kids don't see them cry like maybe let them and see and have that open conversation with them good advice and guys that's it for today talking to kids about grief and death it ain't easy and for anyone doing it out there you know we applaud you we are with you and we send you our strength and we hope that 
these tips from others in our community maybe help you, give you maybe a bit of a different perspective or just some thoughts on thoughts on ways to ways to do it. There's no right or wrong way though, is there in? That's the thing. No. No, whatever's right for you. And guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and review as it can really help the podcast be found by other people who may need it. And thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Grief Tip Tuesday. But until next time, take care. Bye, guys. Bye.